What's up, guys? It is Brad with College Sportscast. We are here tonight to do our game day pick 'em college football championship week edition. guys welcome back it is brad with college sports cast i have hammonds on with me what's up hammonds what's up man so we are here tonight to dig into the college football championship game and we're going to do that and then we've got some college basketball games that we're going to pick um <laughs> from over the next four or five days and we're going to mm -hmm. dig into those too but the main thing we're going to talk about tonight is we are going to look at each team uh, that is playing for the national title. We're going to mm -hmm. dig into those just a little bit more. Um, and then we are going to look at the game itself um, and kind of dig into the game and how we think the game will play out and talk all about the college football finals. And then after that, we'll go through some college basketball games and talk a little bit about college basketball. So that's what I got planned for tonight. Mm -hmm. Amon, you excited about the college football finals? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, um, a fun game. It's going to be a great game. Yeah, I mean, we got two undefeated teams. In the finals, you couldn't really ask for anything better, I don't think. I mean, yes. You know, Bama and Texas got beat, but Bama and Texas both had a loss, and Michigan mm -hmm. and Washington didn't. They went through the season undefeated, and really and truthfully, I think the two teams that probably deserved it most are there. Yeah, I agree with you. What's up, Robert? We got Daniel Barry Sports with us. Just want to say what's up, guys. Robert Rhodes. All right. So what we're going to do, John, tonight, first and foremost, we're going to dig into Michigan a little bit. Michigan is 14-0, and 0, and they are mm -hmm. one of the two teams that's in the college football finals, college football playoff finals. And mm -hmm. we're going to dig into Michigan a little bit. And, John, I mean, what's your initial thoughts on Michigan and making it this far and playing for a championship on Monday night? Um, you know, they've they've overcome the hump. You know, the last two or three years, they've not been able to get over the hump in the college football playoff. And they finally done what they need to do against Alabama the other night. Um, they made plays, um, not to say Alabama didn't either, but they made enough plays to win, and um, they're playing for the title. Now, 
Um, Michigan's got probably one of the best front fours in the country. Um, their defense is really good. They will be tested by Washington um, in this game. Uh, my biggest thing is how does J.J. McCarthy play in this game? That's a big question for me because, you know, there's been some games where he plays really well, and then there's been a couple of games where he just – he's not had the best game that um, many thought he would have. So, um, this game's going to come down, I feel like, to the trenches. Whoever whoever makes the plays up front, um, Washington's offensive line, Michigan's defensive line. Um, I think Michigan, to me, has been the better team all season long. Um, that doesn't mean anything in a one-game situation um, because if you're not the best that night, you're going to go home. Um, and if you are the best that night, you're going to win a national championship. So, I like yeah, what this Michigan well, State brings to it. Um, what, not Michigan I got State, a question. Michigan. I got a question for you. What do you think about all the stuff that m this Michigan team has kind of had to overcome Late. with, with you know, with Harbaugh and being suspended twice? Not yeah, once, twice. Um, not not being there for the first three games, and then he wasn't mm -hmm. there for the last three three regular season games as well. Yeah, it's so been, it's been you know, tough. They've, they've, had um, to, they've had to overcome a lot. Yeah, it's been tough. You know, there's a lot of distractions there, but Michigan has put that in front of behind them, and they've just played football. Now, there's going to be some people say, "Well, you know, if Michigan wins it all." They're going to go and they're going to say, well, you know, they cheated to get a national championship. There's going to be a lot of naysayers. Um, and if they lose, you're going to have folks that say, well, we told you they wasn't that good to begin with. So either way they look at it, it's going to be one way or the other. Um, but at the end of the day. Do you think do you think we'll see a lot of Blake Corum? Yeah, quite a bit. The, the run game is really good. Um, they got a stout defense front four. Um, their front four is probably one of the better front fours in the country. Um, but like I said, you know, Washington's got a really good offensive line, and they're going to test this front four of Michigan. And if Michigan can control the line of scrimmage, I think Michigan wins this football game. Jerry, to answer your question, I don't think the NCAA has a whole lot of power to come hard, come down hard on anybody anymore. I mean, you look at – um, um, Will Wade coaching basketball at McNeese State, and he was given a um a show cause penalty till 2025, and he's coaching the same year that you know. I mean, I mean, it's just I don't think the NCAA has the leverage to do a whole lot anymore. Well, and, I really and I got another. I got another quick stat um, on this championship game. You know, this is the first time since the college football playoffs debuted in 2014 and just the second time since 05, um, the bowl subdivisions championship will not feature at least an SEC football team. Um, it's featured yeah. Alabama and I think was it LSU one year um, and well, Georgia. Auburn's been Georgia. in there. Florida's, Florida's been, been in there, and that time's so, been. Now, I, I'm not going to say that it's fun not seeing SEC teams in there because, you know, we're from the SEC and we like to see an SEC team win and, and do good. But it's kind of nice to see somebody else in, in that in that spot because you don't normally see it quite a bit. And 
I mean, it's ironically, John, this is going to be two Big Ten teams next year. They are, and they play each other. And they play each other, I think, early in the year next year too. So it's just yeah. kind of a prelude to to the to the season next year in the Big Ten. Yeah, but I mean, you got to give credit to Michigan with all that they have gone through this year with the suspensions mm-hmm. of of Jim Harbaugh for them to stay focused and to get through the games that they had to get through. Now, I will fully admit that the first two-thirds of their season, I don't feel like they played a whole lot of great teams, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Uh, Uh, you They they ended playing. They did play Penn, Penn State. They played Ohio State, and they beat Alabama. So doing all of of that, I mean, their schedule has been upped by by major leaps and bounds, and they have overcome all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Corum a year ago missed the um, college football playoff game with a knee injury, mm-hmm. and you know he had to overcome all of that this year as well. So, you know, I. For Michigan to be here in this spot, I think says a whole lot. They, like I said, they are fourteen and zero. They are mm-hmm. one of now two remaining undefeated teams because FSU played like like a high school team, like a middle school team, and and Liberty was the other one, and they got trounced by Oregon. So. There is now only two remaining undefeated teams in college football, and we get a matchup of those two teams in yeah, the college and, final. And two, you know, this is a different kind of um, styles of play. You know, you got Michigan, the bully, you know, the bruising running game and, and the front four. Then you got the team that Washington, where they're really finesse. They, they like to throw the ball. They like to speed up the tempo of the game to negate what Michigan likes to do. So this will be an interesting tale to to figure out which one bites first and which team comes out on top because, you know, Washington doesn't play always up-tempo all the time. They play to what their opponent is doing at the time. And that's what I love about this Washington team is because they play different kind of style of football offensively. You know, and Michael Penix Jr. is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, he's one of those that just – he just gets the ball to where they need to go. Um, Rome Odunze might be one of the best wide receivers that I've seen in quite a while. Um, he's really, really good. So, um, we'll get to Washington. But I feel like, you know, Michigan's in a position here. Washington's in a great position. And it should be a really good, fun football game on Monday night. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to break this down and get into both teams here real quick before we do the picks. So, of course, Washington is the other team, the other undefeated team. This will be, for the next two years anyway, Oregon State, Washington State is going to attempt to have a Pac-12 comeback. But for right now, this will be the last um, football game for, you know, the Pac-12 to be under Mm -hmm. that umbrella, at least for the next two years. Um, Washington is 14-0. Um, just like Michigan is one of those two teams, and John, I mean, you've kind of already started it, but I mean, what's your well? 
on this you know, Washington team. I, I read a stat today. Michigan and Notre Dame was the only FBS schools to allow fewer than 10 touchdowns in a year in the, this year and with at least 10 interceptions. But they haven't faced a quarterback like Michael Penix either or the kind of receivers that Washington has. Um, I think of Michigan's 14 opponents, only two ranked higher than 55th nationally in passing yards, and that was Maryland and Ohio State. So they're going up against a pretty good lethal offense. Um, while, you know, Michigan did face Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, he's probably one of the top players going into the draft. Um, but they're going to be tested by Odunze. But the difference, I think, in that game, John, I think the difference mm -hmm. in that game is, yes, they faced Marvin Harrison Jr., but I don't think that Kyle McCord is anywhere near Michael Penix Jr. And, and he ain't. And, and, you know, Michael Penix Jr. has all these weapons, and they got a lot of depth at receiver. You know, they got Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, um, Jalen McMillan. Um, and, you know, and the thing is, like you said, it's going to be Penix throwing this ball and not Kyle McCord. Um, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, I mean, I think that's a huge difference. Well, and they're two different quarterbacks. You know, they're – their style of play is different. I think I think McCord is more of a just a system kind of, you know, game manager type guy. And you got Michael Pence Jr. who just like he's a pocket passer, likes to run out of the pocket and make plays with his arm and his legs. It's a I different, mean, it's a different kind of setup. And he drops passes on dimes in the correct mm -hmm. spot over shoulders every time. And he's got three receivers that that just make catches, man. I mean, dynamic mm -hmm. catches um, and make plays. You got Polk. You've got Dunze. I mean, you know, they, they've just – they have got – Well, and, and another thing, too, you know, Washington is a really – they're a real aggressive football team. And I don't think you're going to see either fall apart in this game. I, you know, Michigan's physical mental toughness is going to be there. You know, especially with the overtime win against um, Alabama, um, Washington, <laughs> they've just every single week that we've picked Washington to win or lose, they've just they've just answered the call every single time. You know, it's it's been that way all season long. You know, they've they won, won like eight by, straight games less than less than like eight points. Single possession like wins, single possession wins, and yeah, and you know, and it shows how good they've been. Um, especially in the Pac-12 championship when they dominated Oregon, you know, and they got a gift, I think, in the first Oregon matchup the, when Oregon went for it on fourth down at midfield and, and Washington went down and won the game. But that's not to say they don't belong in this championship. I think both teams belong here. I think we got the right four teams in this um, college football playoff. I'm going to tell you something. I watched it the other night, and this was maybe the best college football playoff I've seen since it started. Um, now you can make it a case, good, that but I will say up. this after watching all this and seeing some of the games, I'm not so sure that Georgia didn't deserve to be in the 14th. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, the thing that bothers me the most is I don't want to get back on this Georgia situation, but somebody at Barstool for FSU made a comment that kind of just kind of grounded my gears yesterday. It said, you know, we should have been in the Rose Bowl playing against Michigan because we would have had a better shot to beat Michigan. I'm thinking, let it go. Like, 
you keep going on and on and on about it, like it just seems like a dead horse at this point. Well, I don't even know how anybody could say that after the, you know, what what happened. I mean, what they did, what they allowed to happen to that team and everything else when they were still undefeated and had a chance at an AP poll number one, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just like. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I wouldn't be shocked. I know this is a national championship, and I know, you know, they're playing for all the marbles Monday night. But I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia gets some first place votes. I just would not be shocked. No, and and all the other teams that was there, including Texas, including Bama, I think Georgia has the has the biggest beef. To be to be honest, I agree with you. Is this where I mean, we go to our pick? Is this where we go to our picks now? Yeah. So the next Ooh, thing we're gonna God. go to, of course, is the game. The game is in Houston on Monday night. And we've got Washington versus Michigan. Michigan is a four and a half point favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sad thing is, is Washington's been the underdog each step of the way. They they're they're the underdog again. And mm-hmm. What do you actually – how do you feel about this matchup? You know, my gut – or no, my heart says Michigan. Well, 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 let me repeat that. My gut says Michigan, but my heart says Washington. Because, you know, we've we've done these college football pickums all year long. And, you know, every single week – we're, we're thinking, you know, Washington's got a shot to lose this game or they got a shot to, you know, maybe fall apart this game or, or you know, in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 championship, Oregon might come out and win. And they just keep defying everybody. Um, Michael Penix Jr., this offense, um, now the defense is not the best. They did enough plays to win um, down the stretch and, and early in the year. But I think if they just get a little bit of smidge, average – I'm not saying they're going to keep Michigan out of the end zone because Michigan's going to score. But if they hold them to, I say, what, 23 points, 24 points with the offense that Washington has with Romo Odunes, Jalen Pope, and McMillan, I think there's a really great chance that Washington wins this football game. And – I've not went against Washington all year long. I mean, there's been games where I picked Michigan, I picked Washington. I, I've went back and forth, um, especially all week, trying to figure out what I'm going to do for this. And we don't have headgear, so we can't be like Lee Force and just pick a headgear for for this matchup. Yeah. But I'm going to do this. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the Huskies. As much as I want to pick Michigan. As much as Michigan is really, really talented, their front four is good. They got a good running game in Blake Corum. Um, their front four is maybe the best in football. But I'm telling you, man, Michael Penix Jr. and this offense is the real deal. And if they get going and they get it together and they figure it out and they can get Michigan on their toes and get them off balance, I think they win this national championship and they're bringing back a championship to the Pac-12 in its last season. So here's my keys to the game. I just I'm going to start with that. Um, 
Washington's offensive line versus Michigan's defensive line. Washington has one of the best offensive lines in the country. They have, for the most part, kept Penix Jr. clean. They they gave up zero sacks the other day against Texas, who has a good defensive line. I think that is going to be an absolute key in this game. Can Washington's offensive line hold up against that Michigan defensive line? Mm -hmm. I think that is going to be a huge key. Uh, my second key in this game is going to be that Dylan Johnson, their running back, Kelly DeBoer come out today and said he is expected to play in this game. Now, he won't be 100%, but he's been playing, but he's been playing a little injured as well. So, uh, but he is expected to play. I think that's going to be big for Washington to have their over 1,000-yard rusher in the game playing for a championship. I think that'll be big for them. And then my, my third key in this game is going to be Washington's receivers, the three receivers, McMillan, Polk, and Odunze, against the cornerbacks, against the backs of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And those three backs match up and keep these prolific, I mean prolific, wide receivers. And when I say that, I'm not talking about just this year. Two years in a row, Polk and Odunze are 1,000-yard rushers. I mean, 1,000-yard you, know, you want to know something Two that's really wild about all this? Is there's there's a lot of storylines in this, um, you know. When I, I look at the whole Michael Penix Jr. thing, you know, he blows his leg out. He he's at he's on the verge twice. He's on, he's on the verge of just maybe giving up football. And in, in another thing that was crazy to me is, and it's not a smack on the coach, but it's wild to me that he played under Tom Allen at Indiana as long as he did. Um, he was not a I mean, if you look at the rankings coming out of high school, he was not a top-rated quarterback. He, I think he was like a three-star. And he turned himself into what he is today with precision, with with working hard, getting into the gym, doing what he needs to do to get to that point. Rehabilitation. And I'm going to tell you something on top of that. There's no better coach right now in America – than Kalen DeBoer. He Kalen DeBoer. Now, now, I will say this. He almost tossed him the game the other night um, with, with the silly mismanagement stuff and, wit and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he is one of the best coaches in America that nobody talks about, which now they're talking about him because he's in the championship game. He, he's had a great year. They're undefeated. But I'm telling you, this coach – is going to get some looks. What, the crazy thing about what you're saying, John, his last year at Indiana, do you know who his offensive coordinator was? Michael Penix, when he's his last year at Indiana? Do you know who his Wooden, offensive coordinator was? Wooden Joker, was it? Kalen DeBoer. Oh, yeah. yeah, I knew that. I don't know why I didn't know that. It was Kalen DeBoer. 
the reason why he transferred out, he went with Kalen DeBoer to Washington. Yeah. Well, there's um, there's you know, like you know there's a lot of storylines in this game, you know, and even it, it reaches to the point of Harbaugh. If Harbaugh loses, does he flop and does he go to the San Diego or does he go to the Los Angeles Chargers? That's a lot of talk going around, which I don't think is going to happen. But there the is big question the there is, but I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of rumbling about it. But the biggest question is, if Michigan does win this, and I'm not, I'm not putting no hate on anybody because you know fans are going to speak what they are going to say. Does Michigan get some sanctions down the road because of all this that's went on? That's the big question. Like, are they going to make a big deal out of it? Is the is the big question about it? If he wins this, well, Dave says he thinks this is his last game, regardless. I'm going to tell you something, Dave, and I've thought of this for a week, maybe two. I've said it from the beginning. I think he's done here. Um, now, I didn't. I don't think he's going to go to the Chargers. Um, there's just a lot of things going on in between that. But I felt like all season long, just with with the distractions, with the suspensions, with with the whole deal with the stealing signs. I think he's just tired, and I think it's just time for him to, I don't know, say give it up and retire and just spend time with his family. Um, that's how I felt pretty much since the first game of the year because you can see it on him a lot, especially last year. You know, there's so much pressure involved in coaching. People People don't get, you know, this whole thing with the, the stealing signs, with the, with the you know, guys going and, and, and to these different states. I mean, that takes a toll on a coach, especially when you get um, suspended, what, till the end of the regular season. Like, that does a number on your on your psyche, man. Like, you're not with – you can't be with your team. You can't figure out how to how to game plan, which they've done good without him. But it's a lot to he handle. He coached coach. through the week. They just didn't let him travel on Saturday. just didn't let him team. travel. Yeah, that's what I mean. They let him yeah. – coach during the week but that, that can take a toll on a coach um yeah and i think it's i think the extra pressure this year is taking a, taking a toll on it so listen guys i do think that it i mean my head tells me that it's michigan in this game with the defense that's what my head tells me but my gut and my feeling I just have a feeling that it's the way the Pac-12 was was just devastated and, you know, teams taken from them, the way the Pac-12 fell apart. There's Mm -hmm. just something poetic about Washington having the season that they have had, doing what they're doing with like eight straight one-possession games and finding ways to win. Um, there's just something about it with me. I'm going to, I'm going to take Washington in the four and a half points here. Michigan may win this game, but I just have a feeling I've been taking Washington all season long and I'm going to stick with it. And here's the thing though, that a lot of people don't seem to grasp with this whole Michigan Washington deal is Washington's been able to do this all year long, right? 
they, they they've been they've tried to figure it out and they and they win the last minute. Michigan to me is a completely different animal. Um, it is. They're a lot better team. They're, they have better talent. They got better players. They got the better coaching. I mean, what um, Dave I, I want, says, what Dave says right here. I mean, they may just try to run Blake Corum forty times and just eat up as much clock as they possibly can. I said it, and I said it. You know, that may be their game plan here. I said it from the beginning. This game will be won in the trenches. Which one blinks first? And for me, I think Washington's offensive line is really, really good. And and I'm not saying Michigan's front four is good because they're really, really good. Somebody's going to snap first, and you just don't know who it's going to be until the game gets started. And we'll figure it out within probably the first 20 minutes who's going to dominate the front up front right off the bat. I'm going to be honest with you. I think if Washington is going to kind of have a little say in this game, I think they need to get off to a fairly quick start. I think yeah, the offense yeah, needs to get out on the field. I think, get I think inside that first 20 minutes, the quarter and five minutes, what you're talking about, I think they need to put 10 to 14 points on the board at least. They can't. And, they can't get behind, especially to Michigan in this game. Because you know, it's, if, if Michigan jumps out on them fourteen to nothing, and it's the second quarter, and Washington, you know, hasn't got off the mat, they're going to just run the ball down their throat the rest of the game. So Washington's got to jump out and get a, you know, possibly two quick touchdowns in the first two or three drives. And, and and then they can kind of control the game a little bit. And maybe Michigan can't run the ball 40 times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's that has to be the game plan. Clyde, you're absolutely right. We've talked about Michael Penix. <clears throat> All right. So, so <coughs> John, you're picking you're taking Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. We are both taking Washington and the four and a half points, even though our heads are telling us that defense wins championships and that Michigan might win this thing. So mm-hmm. I just have a feeling, like I said, I mean, with the way the Pac-12 fell apart, I just have a feeling that this is it's kind of poetic justice. And you get Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer and their wide receivers and their story and going out on top in the Pac-12. All right, so that's going to ratchet wrap up our portion of the college football playoffs and the college football championship finals. We're going to go into some some uh, college basketball now, and the first games we're going to cover are the first two are tomorrow night, um, and we've got UConn at Butler. The first game we're going to talk about, John. So, what do you think about this game? Um, you know, UConn's missing 
Um, they're seven foot center, Dom and Klingon. Um, you know, when it, it's if it, it's giving them a little bit of bursty early in the big big east slate. Um, the Huskies are off to a two and one start. I think they lost um, at um, Seton Hall. Um, they they do have a good little stretch here where they play Butler, Xavier, and Georgetown. I feel like if Klingon comes back, this should be the big east favorite. But I will say this on this game. Hinkle Fieldhouse is a fun place to play a basketball game. If you've never been there, um, it's a fan favorite of a lot of people. Um, it's a hard place to play. There's a lot of teams just went in there and lost. But I don't think UConn loses this game this this Friday night or tomorrow night. Um, I think UConn takes care of business with who, who they got. You know, they still got Tristan New, Newsom. Um, and then they got the uh, Caravan. Um, Caravan is really, really good in the paint. Yeah, the big, I feel the big like guy being out does hurt them a little bit. It's really tough. Um, I think with yeah. Klingon, they're they're a national title team. Without him, I think they're Elite Eight Final Four. I just think they gotta yeah. have their big man to to, yeah. to navigate. And Butler, through. And Butler's like ten and three or something. I mean, they're they no are. slouch of the team. Um, Thad Thad Matt has got a really good team this year. Yeah, yeah, they're no slouch of a team. Um, Butler's no, not. They're not. And mm-hmm. and and being in that kind of small gym and Indy, it's different. It's, it's a different yeah, feel. Yeah, it's different, um, different game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different feel um, mm-hmm. to, to play inside that gym at Butler um, in Indy um, than it is a lot of these places that you go play. Um, mm-hmm. But I do – I agree with you. I think UConn probably takes care of business. UConn is a fourth-ranked team in the country right now. Tristan Newman, I think it, I said Newsom is Tristan Newman, who it is. He, he he's the guard for uh, Connecticut. He he really make he he's really what stirs a drink for UConn right now. Right. Um, our next one, and this this is a Friday night game as well. We've got this is a top ten matchup. Number nine, Illinois goes to number one, Purdue. Um, and this is tomorrow night as well. Uh, of course, Illinois is, I guess, going to be without Shannon. So, um, I don't imagine that he's going to be back anytime soon with what's going on with him. So, this, this Purdue team is really, really good. They're they're better than they was a year ago. You know, they beat Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette. Um, they beat Alabama, Arizona, and they beat Maryland, which Maryland's not a really good basketball team right now. And these were all away from home. Um Last year's team, I think, made it to February 4th before they even had a second loss. Um, I think this team's the same way. Um, I think they take care of business um, Friday night. But I will say this, the whole situation with um, Terrence Jr.'s unfortunate situation. Um, Now, they did beat Northwestern the other night pretty handily. Northwestern, beyond beyond Boo Booey, Northwestern does not have a lot of options. Um, Northwestern was looking good early in the year, and now they've just kind of – it seems like they're kind of dragging back to, to to how they were before they beat Purdue. But Illinois will be testing this game. I think Purdue will be too. Um, but I think, you know, at the Mackey Center, I'm telling you, man, it's hard to win that place and win. Um, that's a tough environment to win at. And I just don't think Purdue – or Illinois has – I just don't think they have the guard play to go in there and win. I think they just, you know, I think Zach Eady puts puts a little bit of pressure on them in this game. Um, 
You know, they got Coleman Hawkins, which Coleman Hawkins is a really good player. Um, but I think they're going to miss Terrence Shane Jr. as they get farther into Big, into, um, Big Ten play because they're going to need him going down the stretch. Yeah, and there's no telling what's going to happen with that if he is going to come mm -hmm. back at all with what's going on. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think they're going to find out they're going to miss him. And going up against the number one team in the country at their house is not a great recipe when you just lost mm -hmm. Terrence Shannon Jr. So, um, you know, I, I take give me Purdue in this game. I feel like um, their guard play is so much better than it was a year ago. Their guard play, legit, you know. I think this is a legit title contender this year. Legit. I mean, you got. And I didn't say that last year. Well, you got Braden Smith. You got Fletcher Lawyer. I mean, they have probably one of the best backcourts in the country. And you add yeah. all All-American Player of the Year, Zach Eady in the paint. Um, that's a problem to to, to have. All, it's a good problem to have. If you're, you know, of them. <laughs> yeah, every bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. So these games are Saturday. We got about five or six games here on Saturday that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, UNC goes to Clemson. So we got North Carolina at Clemson. Clemson is coming off of a tough loss last night uh, mm -hmm. against Miami. Um, Clemson is ranked like 16th in the country. UNC, of course, is ranked um, eight or nine, somewhere in that range. Where are they at, John? Um, they're in the top ten. I think they're eighth. Yep, they're eighth. Yeah. So this is a ranked matchup, eight and 16. Clemson mm -hmm. gets this game at home after mm -hmm. a tough loss against Miami. This is a game that they probably need to make a statement at home. They do. Um, right now, if 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 I had to pick a team that is the best in the ACC right now, it's it's North Carolina. You know, Hubert Davis has done really good with this roster, um, what he did in the portal, and bringing back key veterans like um, R.J. Davis, Armando Bangkok. Uh, he combined that with a few veteran transfers, Harrison Ingram from uh, Stanford, and a few young players like Godot, um, and it gives it gives them a balance, you know, to be to to come back from what they did last year because last year's North Carolina team just had all sorts of problems. You know, there was a lot of issues beyond that with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. There was a lot of emotions there, and I think it. Not saying that R.J. Davis was better for leaving. I think it was just not a great fit, and he's doing really well in Arizona, and I think. It it kind of just brought the 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 transfer portal to to Hubert Davis to say you know what I need to mix and match and try to figure out who I can bring in to you know help R J Davis on the perimeter and to make shots and they went into Pittsburgh which is a tough environment and they won the other night and to me that that's as impressive as anything honestly right now because last year they could not do that there there was games where they just could not win on the road at times. And they're doing a really good job this year. Um, R.J. Davis is having probably one of the best seasons I've seen him have. Um, he was even good last year. Um, he's just, to me, he's one of the top five players in the country. Um, if we're putting a list together, I think oh, he put – R.J. Davis is playing unbelievable. 
He's playing unbelievable. And I mean, honestly, on Clemson side, you know, you got PJ Hall, you got um, Hunter, you got um, Gerard from Syracuse, the transfer from Syracuse. This is a really good basketball team. They but are good. I'll say this: they ran into a buzzsaw last night. Miami was shooting absolutely lights out from the floor. They they could not miss, and sometimes that just happens. And yeah. you're not you're going to have nights where you get on the road and you're not hitting nothing, and the home team is absolutely scorching the nets off. And that's exactly what happened last night. And I'm not saying Miami's back, but that's another team to watch going down the road. Um, if I had to go right now, it would be North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, and then Miami. And then you'd have Wake Forest as a sleeper. Um, I like North Carolina on the road here. I know Clemson lost at home or on the road, but I think North Carolina's okay. built for it. I now listen, I like this North Carolina team. I fully agree with everything that you said. R.J. Davis is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. But – this Clemson team, I think, has a chance to be special. I do. And PJ Hall cannot let, you know, and go 0 and 2 and lose at home mm-hmm. in the ACC. I agree. I, I just like they have to hold court at home in this see, game. See, the biggest thing with Clemson. going to be a tough one. The, I mean, beating North Carolina. Carolina is going to be absolute. I mean, just it's going to be extremely tough to do. But if Clemson's going to be the team and get where they want to be, this is a game at home that you have to. I'll say this about Clemson. We say this every year. You know, they they do really great in non-con. You know, they get to the conference, they win a few games, and then it seems like they just kind of flame out towards when tournament time hits. I think this team's different, though. I think this team's got a lot of pieces that can make a tournament run, and I think they'll show that on Saturday. Um, I'm still going to pick North Carolina. I just think this North Carolina's built to win on the road this year. They got a really good basketball team, and a lot of that is because of R.J. Davis. I'm going to take Clemson in this game, um, and it's because they're at home, and I think the P.J. Hall in this group needs to make a statement, and that's that's Mm -hmm. the whole reason why. Yeah. Um, in this game. So our next game we're going to talk about on Saturday is Auburn goes to Arkansas. Um, Arkansas, I know had a few losses early in the season, but they're nine and four now. After, Buy you know, stock after now. Opening. Buy stock yeah. now. Yeah. Buy nine stock and four now. Now. They get Auburn, who is now the 25th ranked team this week in the country mm-hmm. coming to their house um, in Fayetteville. So, they're really, you know. And they're really deep. And they're really deep, too. Yeah. So, does Auburn run into 40 minutes of hell? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, man. As much as, you know, a lot of people are probably going to say, you know, I love this Auburn team. You know, I want to buy stock on them. I want to, you know, they play fast. I'm telling you, man. Ain't many teams going to Bud Walton Arena and win. I just be let's just be honest. Um, it's a tough environment. The way the the way the fans are right it's on the tough place. It's a tough place it's to play. It's a tough man. place. And I think this week, this week I'm gonna go Arkansas. Um, I really like this Ar- Auburn team, though. Um, I think they're one of the best shot blocking teams in the country. 
Um, they got a, they have the best offensive rating um, at Kim Palm since the 2019 Final Four team. If I don't tell you that this Auburn team is really legit, I mean, this Auburn you know, team's I've, great. Said it, I've said it all oh, year. Man, oh, man this I, is I thought they should have been ranked. I think they should have been ranked all year. Um, I thought they should have been ranked the last three weeks for sure. Listen, I get it. I know they lost on the road to App State. I get it. There's been a lot of teams lose by games this year. But since that loss, they've been playing really, really good basketball. And they play fast. They play the way Bruce Pearl wants them to play. Bruce Pearl, to me, is one of the better coaches in the SEC. And he gets the most out of his team. When they're struggling, he knows how to Pearl. And I know it's controversial. I know I'm a Kentucky fan. A lot of people probably wouldn't think that I do because I hated him when he was at Tennessee. I hated him. Hated him because I hate he's Tennessee. A great okay? He's a great but coach. since he's been at Auburn, I've noticed just how great of a coach he is, a good recruiter, how much, how much he loves his players and his team, how much he gets out of them. He's a really, really good coach. Him, Palm, um, Josh is a it's a offensive defensive ranking it's, a, it's like a it's a metric rankings for all metric defensive and defensive. For offensive defensive efficiency efficiency yeah, yeah. Like, it, and a lot Ken of is one of the one of the like six metrics that's used to one, get in and to um you know it's one of the metrics that's used to get in I'll tell, tell you what we'll do Later on in the year, we'll get a bracketologist on here. We talked about it yesterday, and we'll get him to break down all the metrics, how they work, because yeah. us one regular of, guys – It is. And there's a lot of metrics out there that you can use. There's different people use different ones. Um, it just all yeah. depends on what, what, you, what you really like, to be honest. I go by Kim Palm because I think that's – it gives you a well, good idea. It's a really good one to use because it, it – it takes your offensive and defensive efficiency into effect. And I really do like the Ken Palm one as well. Um, I do. And it, I, like it's Bart, one of the I like Mark Torvik. I like Mark Torvik too. He, he does a really good Mark job. Mark Tor- Torvik is good as well. I like both mm-hmm. of those um, that, that's used now. These rankings have only been around for about five or six. This is only the sixth yes. year of the net Sorry. rating. So all of this is still kind of fairly new. Um, you know, in this, I think I'm going to take Arkansas at home in this game. I just, I really do like this Auburn team, though. Um, but I just have a feeling at Bud Walton that they're going to be able to pull this one out. No, uh, that's going to be tough. Next one, the next one we're going to talk about is a big game in the SEC Saturday as well. And we've got Ole Miss, undefeated Ole Miss who's ranked like 22nd at number well, five, Tennessee. Let's be honest here. So we got a you know, Ole Miss is 13-0 under Chris Beard. It's, don't get me wrong. It's been impressive, but we got to realize that they've – a lot of these wins have come against Kim Palm's – I think they're number 274-ranked non-conference schedule. So they really haven't played a lot of teams. Now they did beat Memphis. Um, that was a that was a that was a big win for Ole Miss. They did beat Memphis, but they're going to find out how good they are Saturday night when they go into TBA. 
Um, Thompson Bowling Arena is a different animal um, in the SEC. Um, Tennessee's defense is really legit. Now, I will say this about Tennessee. Their offense is sometimes – they have these spurts where they just go into a drought. And that cannot happen in going forward in the tournament and, and such if they want to get past the Sweet 16 the, and have it be a second weekend team. But Tennessee at home a lot of times is very hard to win in Thompson Bowling Arena. That is a tough environment to play in. And they always bring their best every single night. That's why I enjoyed, that's why I enjoyed last year's ass whoopings. So well, and the thing so about Tennessee. No how much I enjoyed that. Well, the thing about Tennessee, too, though, is when you play Tennessee, you're expecting a rock fight for, for, for 40 minutes. <laughs> and they're going to play in your face. They're going to get – they're going to they're gonna be slapping hands. That's just how they play defense. Like they play that way 40 minutes, and you're going to have to be able to hit shots against Tennessee to win. And I don't think Ole Miss can do that this weekend. They got a great team, um, a really great player in Brakefield. Chris, Chris Beard has done an awesome, awesome he job has. in the really first has. six months. Now, I'll say being, this. You know, being at Ole Miss. If they go into Tennessee and win, I, I, I'm going to put Ole Miss. I'm going to put Ole Miss in the top 12 because that's an that's impressive That's a huge moment. statement. If they go in Tennessee if they go and in beat there and Tennessee win, at home. If they beat Tennessee at home, we're talking Ole Miss being maybe a high seed in the tournament, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that'll put them on the map. Chris Beard's doing an awesome job. And, and just so you guys know, he picked up some former four-star players and stuff he did. At, at Ole Miss. If I'm not mistaken – I think he's got a guy, Jalen Murray. I think Murray is one, is a really good player. Um, Brakefield's a really good player. They got a really good basketball team down there. I'm in Austin. telling you, he picked up some real players late when he and got our, And one of our co-hosts, Jason Harrison, is he has a lot to talk about this year. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. has a lot to smart off about yeah. this Actually, year. Actually, really Jason's going to be with us on Tuesday night. He's From a former Tuesday Ole Miss night. player. He was on the show with us last year. Mm -hmm. He's coming back. Um, after Christmas here, after the holidays, so he's going to be with us, and he's a former Ole Miss player. He's going to be—he's uh, going to be talking a lot of crap because yep. he's got a good team this hey, year. He's, if they beat Tennessee Saturday, he's going to come in and be talking a lot of crap. He's going to be talking some major bull jazz. <laughs> so I, I just like this is a big game. I think Tennessee probably holds holds form at home. In this game, um, and if they do, it's not the end of the world for Ole Miss. I think this Ole Miss team has done a lot and improved a lot, and Chris Beard is doing mm -hmm. miracles, actually, down there, to, to be quite honest. Got, yeah. All right, so then the next game on Saturday that we're going to talk about is Utah goes to Arizona. Arizona's coming off mm -hmm. of a loss um, where – they gave up something like 64% from the three-point line or something crazy. They made 16 and they shot, and and they shot like 36 of them or something. We're not talking about well, shooting sticks. And they and they put it they, and they they hit the century mark. Um they went to they got a hundred. Yeah. Um and, and Arizona still got 82 
and a majority of that was because of Caleb Love. Here's my thing with Arizona. Arizona, somebody needs to step up beyond Caleb Love if they're going to win a national championship. Caleb Love cannot continuously do it every single night and store 25, 30 points. Somebody, Larson's got to step up. Ballo's got to step up. Um, you know, Jaden Bradley, especially the, the transfer from Alabama, he needs to step up. And, and you, you got to realize Arizona lost to FAU, uh, what, right before – was it right, right near Christmas? And then they lost yeah. to Stanford here. And Arizona's not really had a good holidays, to be honest. They've not really – No, they, they know, were number one in the country two weeks ago. Two or three weeks ago. And, but uh, I still now, think – Now they're sitting at 10. They've dropped to 10. Mm-hmm. And they lost the, the – Double overtime or overtime game to FAU by one, and then mm-hmm. they which just was an absolute, Stanford, and then they just let Stanford shoot the lights out. Well, which was an absolute classic, by the way. The FAU game was it was a high, oh, yeah. it was a high volume basketball game, high level. Time, wasn't it? it was, and yeah, to be honest, though, going forward, though, I like Arizona in this game. Utah has got a really good basketball team this year, they do, they're like. And yeah, two they're or really good. Or ten and three or something like um, that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Arizona, I still think wins this conference by by at least a couple of games. Who's really going to step up? USC's down. UCLA is not good this year. Um, UCLA's terrible. Right. If you're really going to put a sleeper in there, it's got to be Utah or Oregon. Or well, no, Colorado. They actually play Colorado now. Colorado's Arizona. got a decent team. I feel like Washington has every opportunity they're not I think they've lost two games lately they've not really I know, but I, I still feel like they have every opportunity to do something out there they do they do um but I'm not cares on this game um they play they actually play tonight they play Colorado at home um hopefully you know, Arizona can figure it out and win. Um, De Silva for Colorado is a really good basketball player. That Colorado yeah. team is really, really good. Um, they are. They're, they're a fun I'm team to watch. take Arizona at home in this game as well I am. Um, on I am Saturday too. against Utah. Utah does have a very good team, and they won't they just go lay down and go away in they this beat, game. They, they whipped a good BYU team. They did. They have a very yeah. good team. They do. So, the last game I want to talk about is actually probably one of the first games on Saturday, but I mm-hmm. put it down here so we could talk about it last. <clears throat> I'm going to start with this. I'm wearing a home field apparel shirt. The Untouchables. Um, mm-hmm. Log on if you have not ordered from Home Field Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our code CSCAST to get 15% off. You can get some mm-hmm. cool. Um, Logos and mascots and throwback tees like this from your university who you pull for. There's over 180 teams, so check them out. But we're going to talk about Kentucky and Florida. This is at the O-Dome at the Mm O'Connell Center. And, John, what do you think about this game? This will be the first big test for these young cats on the road now. Let's be let's be real here. They had a road game, but it was at Louisville, and a majority of that game there was a lot of Kentucky fans there, so they really wouldn't they weren't really challenged. 
and, and I hate to say it like that and, and, and put Louisville more into the ground than what they already are, but that's just that's just the way it is. Louisville's not having a great year. Kenny Payne's having a just a it's it's not good. But on to the Florida game. Um, this will be a test for them, especially on the road. Um, it's t-shirt night. Um welcome. Speaking to of t-shirt, there you go. There's your one. Forget that listen, orange gator stuff. Listen. <laughs> Cal Perry has said it a million times. Every time Kentucky comes to town, it's everybody's Super Bowl. Everybody wants to beat Kentucky. Everybody wants to beat big old Kentucky. And it's sold out. It it's, it's sold, sold out. out like two weeks ago. And, it's sold out. They're giving away shirts. And Free shirts, by know, the way. The biggest question I have in this game is the defense, defensive side of the ball because Florida has got some decent shooters. Um, they like to run it up and down the floor. But I feel like Kentucky can do the same with the with the running gun type offense that they run. Um, this is going to be a fast paced game. It is. And the biggest problem in this game with going down there is the pick and roll defense. Now Florida's not real good at pick and rolls. Um, they're about like Kentucky. So Kentucky's going to get some shots. They're going to get some open looks. The, the big thing is, and tell you, going to have to hit those shots when they get those open looks. Because if we're not hitting, and and, and there's been many times we played at Florida. There you go, Jerry. Jerry's going with blue um, to the orange out in Florida. Mm-hmm. All right, man. That's awesome, Jerry. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, this game comes down to hitting shots. And we've seen it in years past where – Kentucky gets down there and Florida gets on a little run and they get up, what, 15, 16 points and, and we're in a hole, which you look at the 2020 COVID team um, with Tyrese Maxey and Ashton Hagens. They had to come all the way back at the end of the year to, to win on a, on a late on a late tip in. Yeah. It's not been easy down there. Um, no, it's, it's a tough never environment. Place to play. It's, it's a, a tough environment. environment. It's one of I the toughest places to play in the SEC. It I is. And, and Kentucky's got a – what's that hard schedule? They play Florida at home – or Florida on the road, then they come home and play Missouri, and then they go back on the road that Saturday Texas to play San M. If they can on get the through that, if they can get through that two and one, at least, at least be 500, I think they're going to be all right for conference. Yeah, it's going to be hard to go three and zero with with those road games. Now it I is. don't know which one they're going to drop. I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards Texas A and M that they're going to drop more than Florida. I think they'll take care of business Saturday, but it won't be an easy game. Um, it'll come down to well. Some here's here's my biggest concern for this game Saturday for me. My biggest concern is this: outside of Trey Mitchell and Anton Antonio Reeves. Well, you know, we don't have a lot of players that are playing major minutes for us that have ever been in a hostile environment like they're going to see in the O-Dome for the Orange out against Florida. Bunch of freshmen. Right. We're playing a whole bunch of freshmen. They've never been on the road like this. They, If you count that Louisville game, that was a road game. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. That really was not a damn road game. So even John's laughing at that. So you can't count that shit. I don't even want to – don't even mention it, okay? Oh, so goodness. 
you can't count that shit. This is the first true road game that these Kentucky boys and freshmen have been to. They're going to be jumping and all the stuff that they do. It's going to be rowdy, hostile, crazy. And, 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 and let me add to this. Let me add to this. These freshmen are going to have to perform through that. Let, let, me, let me add to this before we log off tonight. I think in this game, you know, I've watched Kentucky all year long. Yeah, they had the anomaly loss to UNC Wilmington, and it it, it really hurt. It was a, it was a stinker. There, there's been a lot of teams have a lot of stinkers on their schedule this year. But the other games that they play, this just seems like such a different Kentucky team than they've been the last three or four years. Like when they get pressure on them, it feels like they up up the up the ante. You get what I'm saying? Like the guards just take over in a key spot. Like you look at the North Carolina game. North Carolina was shooting shot for shot with Kentucky, and it seemed like every time North Carolina shot one, Kentucky would come right back with another big shot. These guys, these freshmen, I mean, Dillingham, these freshmen, they were coming down the floor and just ice water in their vein. I mean, they were – That's what I'm saying. I mean – These are not your normal freshmen. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. not. The only time this year that I felt like that they didn't play as good as they could down the stretch was Kansas. But that was like the second game of the year. Well, and two, I think a lot of it was – it was the first game of the year, and and Hunter Dickinson was was just controlling the paint. He, I mean, he was – But since then – they have. Here's, they have well, here's another key. Here's another key that you need. Well, here's another key that you need to you need to take with you while you remember this game. And this is just not the four game. This is for down the road. If Kentucky is going to win a national championship, they have. Remember this now, y'all. They have to get better play out of Aaron Bradshaw than what he's been doing lately. The big. I'm gonna tell you the big difference in this game. We've got to rebound the ball. Rebound the ball. Yep. Because Florida is a really good offensive rebounding team. We cannot. And, we and, gave and up cannot 20. Win. I want y'all to hear this. And I said it one. We gave up 27 offensive rebounds to Illinois State. Yep. What? It's that's that should not happen. That's insane. See, here's. Here's the issue with the offensive rebounding that concerns me at the Florida game. Because if Kentucky's not offensive rebounding, Florida's offensive rebounding, that's going to give them second and three chance opportunities to hit shots. And if you get in that situation and Florida's starting hitting shots, boys, you better turn the lights out. They're going to rush the floor with about a with as the time when the time kicks down. And and you're going to see Kentucky be yeah. upset. That's what's going to happen. You can't let it happen this weekend. You got to I mean, go in there with. I fully expect to see Bradshaw play better tomorrow night or tomorrow tomorrow morning. It's in the morning, actually. Actually, today's um, right. today's Thursday. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Come on, bro. It's Saturday, Come on, bro. <laughs> it's Saturday morning. I'm my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Brad's been, right. Brad's been Brad's been working all week, everybody. Just leave, leave him alone. Right I'm sorry. Anyways, I expect them to play really well. I expect Bradshaw to play good. I expect a little bit more on the inside, and 
I'm, I told I told a couple of guys that's in here, Clyde and Josh. I mean, I, I am expecting it to be a tough game. I think it's going to be like a five point game. But I'm going to say this: if Kentucky plays their ball, their style of play, and Florida cannot guard these guards, Kentucky could win this by 15 or 15 plus. They could. Clyde but, here says 86. But, but or Josh says 86, 80. And I didn't make my pick. I didn't make my pick. I, I just kind of talked over the game. Kentucky wins this game. Um, they win this game at least by ten. I say. I, I'm picking this game more than I am the A and M game because the A and M game's a lot tougher. I think. A and M game's going to be a tough game on the road for sure. Be a tough and this game, one yes. is too. But I just have a feeling that we are a little bit better than Florida. Um. When does when does and Kentucky baseball start, um, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> so, when does Kentucky baseball um, I'm gonna, start? I'm taking Kentucky in this game as well. Um, so I've got a couple of other games here that is next Tuesday. Do you want to pick mm-hmm. them real quick, or do you want to end it up? Let's just kind of talk about it. We don't have to pick them, but let's just talk about it. Well, so there's a couple of games next Tuesday. And I picked this one out because Bay our BYU has had a really good season up to now, but they this is their first year in the Big 12. Everybody knows that the Big 12 has probably got the best conference in basketball. And they are about to hit the real world here and have the run yes. through the Big 12. And they're you know, one of their first games, I don't know if it's their first because it's next Tuesday. They'll probably have a game this weekend. But well, and, you know, and what a lot of people don't know Baylor. and what a lot of people don't know that Baylor's open a new basketball arena too. Um, you know, it's the on the bank of Brazil River, the Brazos River. Um, it's a yeah. new basketball yeah. arena. Um, so this will be a tough game for BYU. You know, this BYU team is really fun to watch offensively. They at are. The same they can, time, they can fill the it up. Time, but at the same time, they're going to be walking into a, a dangerous trap, you know, with Baylor, Kansas, Houston. Um, man, it's going to be a it's going to be a sledgehammer all, all year long. It man. is. The Big Twelve and has six teams ranked in the top twenty five. It, it's going to be tough, and, and even well, TCU. One of the six, but well, and TCU is going to be tough, especially on the with Jamie Dixon. And I'll even tell you, I know they've not had a great year. West Virginia, they finally got um, uh, what's his name? The the transfer, um, like he just got transferred. Um, he just got eligible the other night. Um, I, I, he, he adds I another. He adds another dimension to their team. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, BYU, this is going to be BYU a, has ex Kentucky coach Mark Pope, ex Kentucky player. I mean, that's a coach there, Mark Pope. They can fill it up. They have lots of um, three-point shooting. They're a fun team to watch. They're ranked like a 12th or something in the nation right now. This is a top 12-15 matchup between BYU and Baylor next Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. So I picked that one out. It's a game to watch for sure next Tuesday night. Raekwon Battle. It was Raekwon Battle. Um, Raekwon Battle adds another dimension to this team. Um, because yeah. if, if you if you watch Saturday night, they almost beat Ohio State. They lost in overtime. So they're getting better. Right. Yeah. 
And then the, the, the next game that I was going to talk about on Tuesday night, we just got through talking about Auburn having to go to Arkansas on, on Saturday. Then they Good turn luck. around and Texas is coming to their house. So Good that's, their, the that's their opening. Good luck in the jungle, man, is all I can tell you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's their uh, opening for the SEC. So then you got Texas AM, and this will be the game that Texas AM plays before we come to their house. It's 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 insane to me. You know, it's Texas AM will have to go to the jungle at Auburn, and then we will come to their house next Saturday. So I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you this, and this is not necessarily on this game. But there's going to be a lot of teams up in the upper echelon of the SEC, the top five, that might have two or three losses beyond the first couple of weeks. That might, I mean, you know, we're talking about the first two or three games in the SEC here, and you can see, guys, mm -hmm. this is not going to be easy. Um, I'm going to tell you, all these teams. I'm going to tell you something. Um, Mark Pope is their coach, Josh Hart um, for BYU. He asked who their coach was. I said Mark Pope. Um, former yeah, Kentucky he was a 1996 player. national champion. Yeah. Kentucky but national champion. I'm going to tell you something, man. There's been a lot of teams going into the jungle, and they didn't come out alive. Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Texas A&M. I, I, I can't remember the last time Kentucky won there. Tyler Hero's Honestly. team. Um, Tyler Hero's yeah, team. Tyler Hero? With P.J. Washington, I, yeah. Um, okay, it's been a while so, since Kentucky won there. The thing about that arena, it, it's called – it's not – they nicknamed it the jungle, but it's Neville Arena. Yeah. But the thing about it is what makes it so intimidating is it's right on the floor. The fans are right on top of you, and it makes it intimidating. Um, and it's just – it's really a really hard place to play, and the fans get in your face. Um you know, it's sort of like Cameron Indoor Stadium in a, in a way, except Cameron is more up up towards the um, floor. But it's still an intimidating place to play. And listen, man, Kentucky's got to go there this year. Texas A&M's got to go there this year. There's going to be a lot of teams going in there, and they're going to they're going to have uh, they're going to get bit by a snake. It's a tough place to play. It is. It really is. Yeah. So. I just wanted to bring those in and, and, and take a look at those games tonight. Um, like I said, the, both of those games are next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So kind of give you a little bit of something to look forward to for next Tuesday. Um, but <clears throat> that's going to be our picks and that's going to be our show for tonight. Um, yeah. um, our next show will not be Sunday. We would not do a Sunday show this week. And the reason for that is that the national championship game is Monday night. <laughs> and our Sunday shows are usually our weekend wrap-ups. Well, I don't want to wrap up the week until we have the championship game on Monday night. So we will do our um, weekend wrap-up championship edition Thanks, show um, Appreciate at 8 Appreciate p.m. On Tuesday night, right after. He said, great so, show. I said, thanks, Jerry. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Um, oh, by the way, everybody, everybody, I don't want to have the wrath of Brad on Tuesday. So will everybody please pray 
that his Green Bay Packers make the playoffs and they win Sunday. <laughs> and he does not have to, I don't have to feel the wrath on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening. <laughs> Man, if we don't beat the stupid Bears to get in, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, oh, come on. Goodness. We surely to God can beat the Bears. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, come on. And I'm not saying – I'm pretty sure we're going to match up with the stupid Cowboys if we Yeah, okay. You had, sure. you had to really go there. You had to really go there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're going – I think we'll play the stupid Cowboys if we get in. But oh, Josh, I will say um, this. The Packers have a pretty good record against the Cowboys. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, Josh made a kind of a, a quick comment there. He said, nothing like Barnhill Arena back in the day. Listen. I've heard some stories about that place. Hawkins, um, what was Todd Mayberry, those, those Arkansas teams back in the early 90s, man, alive. That was a hard place to play too, man. It, the thing about Barnhill Arena, it was so small. like, And it felt like everybody was just like cramped in that place. And it just felt like, you know, it was one year, I think, um, Kentucky was ranked pretty high and Arkansas just weather whipped them by like, 20 points. Like they had Hawkins, Mayberry, Oliver Miller. Oh, Nolan Richardson. He had some some really good teams. You remember Big O, Oliver Miller? Oliver Miller was really good. Yeah, Big O. Yeah, Oliver Miller and Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman. Those are some good teams, man. Mayberry. I mean, that team won the 1994 National Championship. Beat Duke with Grant Hill. Should have won at 95 with UCLA. Yeah, should have won, should have won back to back, but they missed out on that one. But um, I mean, that was a, a really good team. <laughs> Josh really said it was team. always a Josh said it was always 110 degrees in there, always. Yeah, it was it always was. hot. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like the old Boston Gardens. Yeah. They had no no air in that place either. In the 80s, it, was, it, it the used 80s, to be like a hundred. You used to be like 120 degrees in there, and people are like, why does all these teams struggle when they go to Boston? Boston always wins. That's because Boston knows how to play in 125-degree humidity. Yeah. <laughs> and other teams are sucking oxygen. <laughs> well, speaking of humidity, we're supposed to get a big snowstorm this week, so everybody be safe this week. So there's a lot of s- snow time. and. and- and Hammonds is going to be jumping for joy when we get a hundred and uh, when we get a big snowstorm. Yeah, I am. I am, actually. <laughs> That's because he's going to put chains on his truck and he's going to be out in the snow driving. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. I appreciate y'all being with us. Everybody, go out this weekend, watch some college sports on Monday night. Everybody tune in for the national championship game. I think this game is going to be well worth the watch. Um, We got the two undefeated teams left in college football playing for a national championship. I really don't think you can, um, you know, have it any better to have those two teams playing. Yes, FSU and Georgia um, had some kind of a say-so, but when FSU – 
just don't give a crap. They lost their say so, if you ask me. So, um, you know, so I think the two teams that are there are are the right two teams. And I look forward to the national championship game. So y'all have a great night. This has been Game Day Pick'em Championship, College Football Championship Week Edition. And we will see you for our weekend wrap-up on Tuesday. And Jason, and Jason, and Jason, and Jason, uh, Jason will be with us Tuesday night too. So Jason Harrison will be with us Tuesday night to wrap up everything. Um, so it'll be his first show with us this this season. Um, so we're looking forward to having Jason back on. Ex Ole Miss basketball <laughs> player, I think graduated in 03, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I think that was the year. So, um, <laughs> We appreciate him being back with us to finish up college basketball season. So, all right, y'all have a good night. Have a good night.